Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. It is the 24th Monday in Ordinary Time. Our reading today is taken from the gospel according to St. Luke. When Jesus had finished all his words to the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave who was ill and was about to die, and he was valuable to him. When he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and save the life of his slave. They approached Jesus and strongly urged him to come, saying, He deserves to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he built the synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was only a short distance from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Therefore I did not consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a person subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come here, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning, said to the crowd following him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When the messengers returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. I wanted to focus a little bit today on this theme of authority. Jesus is so impressed by this man. He says, in all of Israel, I have not found such faith. And what does the man say to him? He doesn't even say it to him directly because he recognizes his unworthiness to talk to Jesus. Even though he is a great authority among the Romans, he is not an authority in the kingdom of heaven. So he shows great humility and he says, listen, I understand how authority works. I say this, they go here, they do this, they do that. You can heal my servant from a distance because you have authority over sickness. You have authority over death. You have authority over evil. You have authority over good too. And Jesus is so impressed. There's an expression, you can't be a good leader until you become a good follower. But so many of our lay volunteers don't get that. So many of our people working in parishes, so many people in the world in general right now don't get that. I think there's been such an abuse of authority that as a result, people don't trust authority, even when that authority is for their good. This theme of authority is very important because God is the ultimate authority. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He created the universe. Therefore, he knows better (laughs) And it's such an understatement. He knows better than you do if it's okay to use contraception, if it's okay to use in vitro fertilization, if it's okay to have an abortion, if it's okay to change your gender, if it's okay to uh, have a same-sex union. The God of heaven and earth who made the planets with his bare hands, chances are he's going to know about this better than you and better than me. See, authority, the purpose of authority, God tells us, and he shows us in his actions when he comes to earth, the purpose of authority is to serve. 
but the authority needs to be in place in order for this the saving works to be carried out. I've heard beautiful talks on the St. Paul's, I believe it's his letter to the Ephesians, although I think it happens in a couple different places, where he says, wives obey your husband. Yet at the same time, he says, husbands, love your wives to the extent that you'd be willing to die for them. It's mutual deference, but it's a recognition of the authority. What's basically being said there, and I know this is one of the hardest things to hear in the Bible, is obey your husband and your husband, his mission. Like, in other words, submit yourself to the mission of your husband. And the mission of the husband is to serve the wife, even to the point of dying for her. That's his mission. And her mission is to submit to that. It works exactly the same between us and God. He's God, I'm not. I submit to his will. Whether it's his will revealed in the Bible, in the church, in church teaching, in the liturgy, or in my personal life as I'm discerning his will. We discern his will, hopefully, from day to day regarding vocation, regarding just what am I doing today. I submit to him, and then his will is to serve me. His will is my salvation, which he earned for me by dying on a cross. And when I don't submit to his authority, I don't benefit from his cross. I don't benefit from his service. Imagine God Almighty came to earth and humbled himself to suffer and die. And God's simply asking me, Submit to that. Submit to my authority over you so that I can save you. Our Lady and St. Joseph, I mean, when you meditate on the Holy Family, you see tons of this. They submit to St. Joseph. However, St. Joseph has to submit to the dreams, (laughs) right? God appearing to him, the angel appearing to him. St. Joseph is told what to do. It's not about who's greater. You know, Mary and Jesus are greater than St. Joseph, but St. Joseph is placed as the authority. He obeys his orders, which are to serve. Jesus and Mary obey him as he serves them. It's mutual deference. Jesus obeys Mary. Even when he's a grown man, there still is that relationship of mother and son. Mary submits to his authority as God, as her Lord. Once again, there is mutual deference. We see constantly in the church a lack of authority. I can't tell you. I mean, just one great example that comes to mind is priests that work in schools. Priests, according to canon law, they're the highest authority in that school building. And some priests that I'm thinking of, one in particular... These priests, they go into these schools with the the idea that I'm going to serve these kids. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to bring about conversion. I'm going to hopefully promote vocations to the priesthood. And yet the lay administrators fight with the priest tooth and nail to keep him from doing his job because they're afraid of their earthly kingdom being disturbed. They won't get as many uh, whatever, you know, SAT scores being as high because the priest took the kids on a retreat or whatever, college admissions, sports victories. 
because heaven forbid the kids are taken out for a service project, for a retreat, or heaven forbid they at least try to work together so that the priest can do his job, which is why the school exists, which is for the salvation of souls. He's there to serve. He's not there for his own ego. Yeah, sometimes ego gets in the way, but he's not there for that. This is just one example. There's so many examples in the church of those with legitimate authority being undermined, being cast aside, being told, no, we don't want you here. No, you're not allowed in this classroom. No, we don't, we're not going to come down for confessions. We're not going to come down for mass because we have to get our, our projects done, which include, you know, color in the page. And in the meantime, the priest is down there, you know, having 10 priests come in to hear the confessions of the kids and prepared a big penance service and, and beautiful talks so that the kids could be moved in their heart and their soul to make a good confession, which they desperately need based on their behavior and which maybe they haven't done since the last time the school had confessions because their parents aren't living up to their, you know, authoritative responsibilities. That's another whole topic there. The devil recognizes authority. When you talk to exorcists, they will tell you if if something is done that's not 100% correct according to church teaching, the demons will not leave. Whether that's simple deliverance, like a layperson saying deliverance prayers, but they're not in the state of grace. A layperson saying deliverance prayers can get rid of a lot of evil, a lot of demons. But if they're not in the state of grace, they can't. A priest has the ability to exercise if he's in obedience to his bishop. If he's not, the demon will not leave. In fact, it would make it even worse. The demons recognize authority. They use it to their advantage. But... All that pharisaical, you know, clinging to authority that happens in the church, it happens in the world, it happens among the realm of demons. Yeah, it's used in negative ways because it's been warped. But God gave us authority. When you think about basic level authority, like when we talk about baptism, Adam and Eve used their authority over the human race in a very bad way to bring sin into the world. Parents now can use that God-given authority to say, I want my kid baptized. I want my kid raised in the faith. I want my child to have salvation. And God blesses that authority. God works through that authority. Parents praying for their kids, parents blessing their kids. It's such an important topic. I have to go for now, but it's something we want to really think about. You know, God has given authority to his pope, to his bishop, to his priests. It's true it can be abused. And therefore, we have to have discerning minds to say, like, okay, I'm not going to follow this priest, bishop, or pope into sin, but I am going to recognize the authority that they have and how sometimes, yes, I have to be obedient. Very often, we have to be obedient. We have to be obedient to the ordering of things according to how God made them. We're told in the Bible even to respect our secular leaders. And that's true as well, unless, of course, they're doing something immoral, or they're trying to get us to do something immoral, then that's where we start opposing authority. But authority is for service. It's there for a reason. And if we learn about it, if we submit to it according to the way God intended, God will bring about the greatest possible good. He set things up for a reason. Let's trust him more and more, and let's follow what he has set up. Have a great day. God bless you.